Hello, welcome to Creative Catch-Up, a podcast where myself, Natasha Newton, artist and illustrator, and me, Mel Chadwick, illustrator and designer, will be chatting about running a creative business. Each episode, we'll be diving into a different topic that has come up in our own creative practice. We'll be sharing our experiences, both the ups and downs, struggles and successes, and hopefully give some advice that you'll also find useful. So join us for season two, episode one, as we talk about getting out of our comfort zones and being inspired. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Mel. It's good to be back. How are you? I am really well. It's been a little while. We've had a few weeks or maybe a month off, I think. Oh, yeah, I think easily. Yeah. And we've been busy in that time. We have we? been. And <laughs> what we've realised is that we've both taken on projects that have pushed us out of our comfort zones. And this wasn't planned. It wasn't planned at all. So we thought, actually, what a great topic. That would be a great topic for us to bring to season two, episode one. So we're going to be talking about getting out of our comfort zones and getting inspired And so we're going to ask each other some questions and hopefully we will share what it's like to get out of our comfort zones, what it's like to make a hot mess. Sometimes, though, it's a hot mess of fun, Mel. (laughs) We'll also be um, talking about the benefits of getting out of our comfort zone and whether it's a good thing to do and how do we actually keep going when it feels like we just want to give up. Okay, so Natasha... Let's start with you. Let's find out what you've been doing in these last few weeks. So what has been pushing you out of your comfort zone? Well, I decided to finally use the sketchbook I bought um, many, many months ago, back in the autumn, I think, when I was inspired by you to start a sketchbook habit. And I bought this lovely Moleskin sketchbook and sadly... <laughs> I had barely done anything in the sketchbook. I'd basically swatched a few paint colours and I was a little bit intimidated. But I decided that I was going to start sketchbooking, which is something I never do. Yeah. And so how did you kind of get going with it? What kind of prompted you to revisit it? Well, I was um, seeing on Instagram quite a few of the people I follow seem to be in Emma Carlyle's sketchbook club. Mm. And I noticed that they were making some interesting work that was actually quite different from the work that I would normally expect to see. And they seemed to be having so much fun. They were posting about it. And I thought I was a little bit curious and I was like, I need to check this out. Yeah. So um, at first I signed up to her sketchbook club tier on Patreon and I got started that way. And it was a really good push um, into just using my sketchbook without actually worrying about the end result because I think this was my problem when faced with like a brand new (laughs) lovely sketchbook I was so kind of uptight and worried about messing it up yeah and what I needed to realize and what I needed somebody to actually really tell me was a sketchbook is where you experiment where all of your crazy ideas come out it doesn't matter about the end result it's 
it's meant to be something that is just purely for you and purely for fun. Yeah. And so that's kind of what got me started. I enjoyed it so much that I then upgraded to her process club. So um, where you get even more videos and more inspiration. And it's kind of just rolled from there, really. And um, watching you working in your sketchbooks as well has been really inspiring to me. So between the two of you, you've pushed me into <laughs> into be, And now I absolutely love it. Yeah. And I can't imagine not doing it. <laughs> it's crazy how much I love it. I never expected to enjoy it this much. Yeah, I mean, you can see that as well. And, you know, on your YouTube channel, you've actually been sharing your sketchbook kind of doodles, sketches, I really enjoyed watching the one where you share all the new materials that you were going to use oh, yeah. in your sketchbook. And what I wanted to ask was, how did you know which materials to choose and try? Because I think there are so many, aren't there, that you could yeah. kind of go into. So what's kind of helped you make that decision? Yeah, this is the interesting thing, because for years I have really just been a painter and I've rarely drawn. Um, I mean, I have graphite pencils and I have a few coloured pencils, but I didn't really have much in the way of drawing materials. And so I didn't really at the beginning know what to go for it's kind of a bit like stumbling around in the dark isn't it there are so many things out there and you just you don't know which ones to choose um I know where I am with paints but you see this is the thing I'd stuck with using you know I have my art materials that I use and then I just you know buy replacements of those when they run out so I'm sticking to the same thing all the while which is great because I found something that works for me and I love it and I get the results I want but it's exciting to try something new because you don't know where that's going to lead you or what you're going to the ideas you're going to develop um but yeah basically in her sketchbook club emma often does kind of little art hauls where she'll show what she's bought from jackson's art and so the caran d'ache luminance pencils were something that i picked up from there and the um faber castell pit artist pens the brush pens which i'm really loving was something that she uses as well she also uses neo color crayons but i actually discovered those through another youtuber not Sandy, funnily enough, even though she's using them too. It was somebody else. And I was like intrigued because this person was using them over the top of paint. And I thought, oh, this is really nice for layering and um, adding texture and mark. The Neo Color Crayons were the first new materials I bought. And then after having joined Emma's Sketchbook Club, I then was like intrigued by these pencils, which she loves so much. And oh my goodness, I love them. <laughs> I I bought so many now. Do you have a favourite colour as well? Yeah, I do. It's, um, it's uh, the Payne's grey pencil is something, it's just funny because this is the one she uses as well. But I think I was attracted to her work because it has so many elements of, you know, in some ways my work, you know, she does... The quite, quite moody landscapes and she puts little white houses in um, and there's something I've been doing for absolutely years going back to like 2005, six, something like that. Yeah, so she, we kind of have a bit of overlap in our interests and she's a, a bit of a Payne's Grey addict and, <laughs> and I love Payne's Grey paint. So when I tried the pencil, I was like, 
this is just so gorgeous. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm getting through the Payne's grey pencils at, at quite a rate. You can probably tell, can't you, by how small they have become already. <laughs> I have one that's that's really getting down to a little stump now, yeah. So do you think comfort zones are bad then? I do think they're bad, yeah. I think you risk your work becoming stale. I think it's been one of the best things... I have done is to push myself, even though it's really scary to push myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So so what benefits have you seen so far in doing this? Are there any kind of tangible benefits that you can think of? For one, it's made me realise that I can work in many different types of media. I was just thinking, you know, that I'm a painter, but actually I really love drawing and the drawings that I have shared with people They've had such a good response and I was a little bit scared to share them at first. People seem to enjoy them. I'm loving them. It's given me more confidence because I feel like I am don't have to just be a painter. I can use, you know, whatever I like. And the, it's just that joy of experimenting as well, like not knowing how something is going to layer on the top of something else. And when you hit upon something that you really love, it's that excitement because it can... It can bring something new to your work that, you know, it wouldn't have had if you hadn't experimented. Yeah, I Mm. I definitely have seen that as well through pushing myself. Okay, so if if someone wanted to give this a try, what advice or tips would you give them to get started? Oh, this is a good question. I would say that it, it has been really useful for me to... Um, to join this club because it gave me the push and also some of the information I needed. It's like with the art materials, as we said earlier, I wouldn't have known which ones to go for. So I th- I think maybe if you see a course that interests you and you, I would say enroll on it, give it a go. I think that sometimes you just need a little bit of support along the way. And something like that, where you're all part of a group as well, which is really nice. So you're kind of encouraging each other. And um, I I would say to get started, perhaps that's a good starting point. Or you can even just, um, like, for example, a lot of the artists on YouTube, they show their technique. And perhaps, you know, by searching different, I don't know, if you want to um, start working in coloured pencil, for example, search coloured pencil artist and see what they're doing and see how they're doing it and, and what um, brands do they use. And, you know, you'll, you'll get to know. So I would say just do some research and perhaps enrol on a course or, you know, follow someone who inspires you and, yeah, go from there, really. Yeah, that's good. good bit of advice. As we try new things you know how do we how do we keep going with them without totally demotivating ourselves because I think that's probably one of the obstacles that I would say that comes up for most people when they're starting something new is that things don't go to plan or not quite how you imagined I think you can quickly think oh I can't do this at all So you kind of stop. I was at that point. (laughs) You end up just totally demotivated. I it's really hard to keep going, isn't it? So yeah, tell us about your experience with that. 
Yeah, well, I posted um, a little video about this uh, on my channel because I thought it would be interesting for people to see that as excited as you are to try all that, you know, you have these new materials and you're going to try all of these different techniques that sometimes they won't work out. And it takes a lot of trial and error. And it did for me. Um, I was really enjoying the experimenting, but it got to the stage where <laughs> I was trying to create this landscape in the way that I wanted to. And every time I would mess it up. And this happened maybe, oh, easily five or six times, I think, in the end. And I just had to keep going. And it would have been very easy for me at a certain point to get demotivated or to become demotivated and um, and just go, oh, this isn't for me and just give up. But I think because I'd invested so much time, effort and money yeah. into it, because <laughs> art materials, they're not cheap, are no. they? Um, and um, I was like, I'm determined to make this work. I know that I can do this. I kind of had the faith that I will be able to, you know, I'll work out a way that this is going to work. And and eventually it did. So I guess I would just say persevere. I I know it's very easy to become demotivated when things don't go right immediately. But you just have to keep pushing through that. And maybe just have a break and then try something slightly different. Don't keep flogging a dead horse. So don't go back and do exactly the same thing. But think, OK, I'm going to approach this in a slightly different way this time. But yeah, just I think that people need to realise that it's normal. I mean, it may be that you pick up the pencils and everything is perfect the first time, you know, you use them. But that's highly unlikely. I think it always takes time to to get used to new materials. So just keep going. Yeah, that is a good, good thing to do, isn't it? Okay, are there any other things that you've learnt about yourself through this process? I think it's taught me that I need to just jump into things and not keep procrastinating. And as I said before, it's taught me that I can do more than I think I can than these sort of restrictions I put on myself. You know, I'm a painter. I don't use sketchbooks you know I I just you know may occasionally sketch onto a canvas but I don't really use sketchbooks for this you know just for the joy of drawing because I would just take if I needed reference I would just take photos and work from the photos on my phone because it's so easy but there's something you get from looking at something and drawing it as opposed to just snapping away on your phone isn't there, there? is yes definitely yeah you really look and then you do through that observation I think interesting work develops yeah because only you can see it with your eyes I think that's a good yeah thing yeah so it's given me a bit of confidence I think this is this it's wonderful because I do feel like I have this renewed excitement for my work now and I see all of these different possibilities that I didn't see before and I know that um, working in my sketchbook is something I can go to and it's just purely for pleasure and enjoyment and something that relaxes me actually because there is no pressure to make that work a perfect piece of work it's just for fun and so yeah I think it's going to be very good for me yeah so it sounds like this is definitely going to become a new habit for you Oh, definitely. It's, yeah. it's not going to be like a, 
you know, try it and that's it. You know, you've done it for now, what, 30 days or something. No, no, I'm I'm a confirmed sketchbooker now. Woo-hoo. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can't wait to actually share a little bit more of them. I mean, I won't share everything I put in my sketchbook, but I think it would be really fun to be able to show people that aspect of my work, like the unfinished pieces, the experiments, and just do like um this is what I'm planning to do in my art club is to show them my sketchbook work and do sketchbook tours as they say or a little kind of flip through um videos so people can see um a little bit of the the process of rather than just sharing you know finished you know perfect looking paintings they can see all of the the different ideas and work and experiments that go goes into that behind the scenes and I think it will be interesting yeah so yeah definitely guys if you want to go and see Natasha's sketchbook drawings first of all go and check out her YouTube channel <laughs> secondly though go and find um they can find you on is it Kofi is it Kofi.com yeah it's Kofi.com forward slash Natasha Newton I was going to say they can join join your art club that's what I was going to say yeah, it's a monthly club, yeah, where we will be doing all sorts of interesting things and um, and they'll have special videos to watch and in-depth art lessons and um, they'll see more of my process and studio and inspirations and all of that, so yeah. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Okay, Mel, now I've told you all about my um, experiences pushing myself out of my comfort zone. I want to hear a little bit about yours. So you've been doing a really interesting collaboration with another artist on YouTube called Sandy Hester. And, um, well, I'm going to ask you a few questions about that. And so we find out a bit more about it. So I was curious as to how you met Sandy so how did you two meet? Well, I think it was definitely through YouTube. Sandy actually came across my channel through the creative conversations that I had put together. And Oh, right. Yeah, so it's actually funny, isn't it, how that series has actually connected me with a lot of artists in different ways. Yeah. So she, like being Sandy, she's very um, enthusiastic and encouraging and so wrote quite a lot of comments on my channel um so she stood out to me as someone who was definitely into art and obviously Sandy has also got her own channel bits of an artist life and when I started watching her I just felt that she was just so enthusiastic about her art and about you know process that it'd be good to connect with her And so that's kind of how we met and kind of knew each other because we would just start basically talking to each other in the comments um, or just connecting in that way. But it wasn't until Natasha, actually, you know, you came to visit me in Cornwall or not. You didn't come to visit me, but you came. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we met up while I was in Cornwall. Yeah. Which is, I think, almost a year ago, isn't it? You know, I thought this the other day. It is almost a year ago. Yeah, because we were there at the end of September, early October. And it doesn't seem possible that we've known each other a year. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was from that, um, I think I did a really long vlog 
on which included that and I had mentioned that we were going to do a podcast and Sandy had written or had messaged me saying oh I'd love to do a collaboration with you as well So, (laughs) um, so that was the first time we kind of had talked about it and obviously we had thought about it but we hadn't really thought of an idea so it wasn't until June or July I think it was June that we then started talking about, well, how about we do a collaboration? Let's go back to that idea and see if we can come up with something. Was it um, a joint idea or was it something that one of you had in mind anyway? Well, we both said that we wanted to do something together, um, a project that both of us could work on. And obviously, because we were going to be doing it through YouTube, we could film the process. I think I first of all suggested doing maps, which is not out of my comfort zone. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Would it be out of Sandy's comfort zone? (laughs) It would have, yes, it would have been out of Sandy's comfort zone. But actually, I had seen that she had been doing these wonderful, quirky, wonky portraits. And I then thought, hang on a minute, why don't we just do portraits? And especially like, in the way that Sandy was doing them, which was not to kind of really do lifelike portraits. So kind of work on them in a completely different way to how I would go about it. So Sandy agreed to that and said, yes, that would be a great idea. So we kind of thought, right, okay, let's do that. That's so good. Yeah. And it really did push you out of your comfort zone, didn't it? It did. <laughs> yes. you don't, am I right in thinking that you don't really do portraits? I don't do, yes, I don't do normal, no, I don't do wonky portraits. I don't do portraits that, you know, look quite abstract or, Mm. I I have, did last year do a series of black and white pen portraits, really working from photos and working almost to try and get a real likeness with with the people that I was drawing. Are these up online? Um, well, yes, they're actually in my shop, as in you can, I can do a portrait for you, but it would be based on a photo of yourself and I would get a likeness. Yeah. But but with this project, I really wanted to step aside from that and try and do something which wasn't lifelike. And that's what I loved about Sandy's pieces was that she was able to get... I don't know, just a really nice feel with the portraits. And I was like, how do you do that? I want to do that. So, yeah, that's yeah. what I wanted to do. I don't- the process you went through as well, Sandy had you trying lots of different techniques, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. We both kind of came up with a list of things that, before our first Zoom call, how we could push each other. So when I'm teaching anyway, I get people to do different kind of techniques so we'll use less dominant hand we'll do blind drawing where we don't look at the paper we just look at the subject um also I introduced something called a two-handed drawing which Sandy hadn't done before oh right yes oh that was your idea yeah where you use two hands and um you just basically draw the portrait with both your hands at the same time wow 
it's such a it's such a bizarre feeling you should definitely I'll have to try give it that a go yeah I <laughs> yeah. will have to give that a go it's, I was intrigued by it when I was watching you on your video <laughs> yeah well that and and actually doing that in our first zoom call was really good because I felt really pressured I felt so pressured at first to try and get a likeness mm. and I think that's what I was really um, pushing against was not to do that so you'll see in my first drawings they're so unsure and I feel like they're just yeah they're just not fun at all so it took a little bit of time just to kind of let go and I think doing those exercises where you go from your dominant hand to your less dominant hand you're basically letting go of the control um, and doing the two-handed thing means that you're you're not able to know sometimes what's the other hand doing and you're just letting the the pen kind of lead you around you know doing continuous line as well helps your hand move loosely rather than tightly so all those activities were just good for pushing you out of your comfort zone and and getting some interesting interesting portraits out of them so, you know, you would never work in this way normally, would you? No, definitely not. So what do you feel you've learned from the experience of doing this? I think I've just learned to not fear the unknown, as in not to fear the end result. Because I think so often you have in your mind what the end result can look like. And it's always better to let go of that. Because everything will fall short of that or it will either fall short or it'll be completely out of your, like you didn't imagine that is what could have happened. And I think that's what I found through it. The end pieces that I produced, I could not have imagined producing those pieces. I They were so far from my kind of mind that they surprised me. And I think that's what I've learned is that you've got to sometimes, you've just got to let go. You've got to let go of of that control and imagining what something could look like because you just don't know until you actually do it and you are pushed pushed out of that comfort zone to do it. Yeah, I can relate to this because in the same way I didn't know how certain materials layered over others and I had in my mind what something was going to turn out like and this was my problem is that it wasn't turning out like the image I had in my mind and it, it, like you say, you have to let go of that and just let it be what it is and work with that. So, yeah, I think that's quite a valuable experience, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So do you think you'll be continuing with the wonky portraits? Are they going to be something you do now? I would. I mean, I've just done a piece uh, or just did um, revisited one of the pieces that I had shown in one of my videos and I've just coloured that in and I really enjoy doing it I think what I would like to do actually is to keep using the medium so the medium I've been using is the water soluble crayons you can get them Caran d'ache they're very similar to the Caran d'ache Neo Colour although the brand I'm using is not Caran d'ache it's Lyra basically more of a budget range um, but I've really enjoyed using that medium on black paper and I think that's what I really like is the, you can really see the texture of the crayon and it mm. really shows through and I, I just love the finished feel of it. So I definitely think I want to do 
more pieces using that medium, whether it will be portraits or um, I love the interior spaces um, and drawing the still life. I think there's a number of subjects that this whole project pulled up, even though we started with just portraits. Yeah. We actually kind of explored much wider subject matter than we really knew. And that's another thing is that sometimes when you start on something that you think you're going to just stick to, you end up other things coming in and you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. So I think I will go forward with this um, drawing other things like still life and interior spaces that I think will be quite exciting to do. Yes. That's great. So it's opened up so many different things for you, hasn't it? So many new it has. Um, yeah. subject matters, really. Yeah. Yeah, I found the black paper you used really interesting because uh, colours look so different on black as opposed to white, don't they? They do. Yeah. And I think it's. Re- I noticed the importance of making little colour swatch charts um, on white paper and then on black paper because the the colours do work so differently. Yeah. They look so different. Yeah, I did actually wonder what this, how I've been drawing on the black paper, how it would look if I changed it to white paper. I just wonder if, if it will have the same feel or whether it will look completely different. I, I think, think it will look completely that. different. Yeah. Because I'm trying to imagine... The, the pieces you did on white paper and I think they would have a, a really different feel. Yeah, it's almost like the black paper lends itself to an interior kind of space. I don't know Yeah, if that's just me. So. But I was just thinking because it kind of brings things in a bit closer, like, I don't know if that makes any sense. but <laughs> Yeah, just, no, it does. And it's kind of it... a cosy kind of feel. And I love how it really shows the texture, like you said, of the crayons as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really shows that up and you might kind of lose that on white paper. You might still see it a mm. bit, but it won't be as I don't think it'd be as contrasted. pronounced. Yeah. 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 So my next question was going to be, have you discovered any new materials or techniques you love and will continue using in your work from now onwards? Well, yes, definitely the... Um, water-soluble crayons um I keep saying they're water-soluble I mean how I'm using them is not really with water so <laughs> yeah you haven't have but you not experimented with that? I did um, I did a little bit and there was one portrait that I did where I drew with the crayons and then added water with a brush afterwards and I did yeah. that on black the black paper but it it didn't quite work as well as I hoped it was like a little bit more felt a little bit washed out um I think it might, you know, would probably need a bit more experimentation. The one thing, though, that I found with these water-soluble cranes is that if you do something and you don't like it, you can go with a brush and you can lift out the colour. So you just put water on top, you lift it out with a paper towel. And yes, I saw you doing it. that on your video. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was interesting. Mm. So it kind of worked very well on the black paper I don't know how that would work on white paper, whether it would be so clean, but with on the black paper, it really lifted it out very well. Yeah. So, yeah, those materials, like the um, the crayons, I think I really like, and I think I will use them. I mean, I use them in my sketchbook, actually, already, but I I would like to definitely bring the black paper a bit more in to my work process. 
It'll be interesting over the next few months to see how this collaboration has sort of influenced your work. Yeah, definitely. Um, What was your favourite aspect of it, of working with Sandy on this collaboration? I think my favourite aspect was basically Sandy herself. (laughs) (laughs) She's so enthusiastic, isn't she? Her enthusiasm is. (laughs) is completely infectious, yeah. She is, and she's so generous as well. With, like, I showed a little bit of our feedback session that we had after this. Um, yeah. And you see a bit of her response, but there was so much more that she said, so much more that she gave. And when you've got someone who you're working with who is that generous, you just realise, you know, how... Well, you just are so appreciative of it because you don't get that. You don't get that voice sometimes on your work or an eye on your work where someone is giving you constructive feedback as well. So I think I really valued Sandy's, um, her person, just who she was and how she gave so much in the collaboration. I think that's what I gained yeah. most from it and was her, herself. <laughs> so, yeah, and the friendship yeah. that you two have now, yeah, which hopefully will lead to more collaborations in the future. Yes. Well, we, we have got one we have we have been talking about one so yes oh this is exciting I can't wait to see what you two come up with next because it was so entertaining to watch if you haven't seen this collaboration go to Mel's YouTube channel and um, she has a series of three videos showing the process of working with Sandy and then hop over to Sandy's channel where she has um, the same but from her perspective I thought that was a really nice way of doing it as well uh, yeah, I loved them. I enjoyed them all from both of you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my last question was going to be, will you do another collaboration with Sandy? But you've already said that you're going to. But will you be pushing her out of her comfort zone this time? Because I think really this this one was more her pushing you, um, even though she discovered some new techniques. Like she discovered that she really enjoyed using ink, didn't she? Yes, She'd exactly. had these bottles of ink for a while and hadn't really used them, I think. And um, she was inspired by your little bottles of ink that she had seen in your studio. And um, yeah, she started using them and she loved them, didn't she? So she did discover some new new techniques and new things. But yeah, so will you push her out of her comfort zone? Yes. And um, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to be doing more landscape and buildings. That is the Ooh. teaser for our next collaboration. <laughs> oh, this will be nice. So, yeah, because Sandy yeah. mainly does, she does people and birds. Is that right? Yes. People, um, birds, and still life. She does a lot of yeah, oh yeah, she does a lot of yeah, a lot of yeah, objects, still life, yeah. So oh, this will be really interesting to see how she interprets this. Yeah, because this is something you're much more comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, I love buildings. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be fun because I'm sure actually, like you say with Sandy, she gained from the collaboration, even though she you know is more familiar with drawing wonky portraits and for me I probably will be I will probably be inspired by her interpretation of it as well so again that's what you get I think from pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and also working with others as well 
And like with you, Natasha, I know you didn't work directly with someone, but at the same time, you were in a group. You know, you've been part of um, like Emma's uh, group. That sounds like that's an important aspect of this is to surround yourself with people who are going to support you as you push yourself. And also seeing other people share their sketchbooks. So they sometimes, I mean, I haven't taken part in one of these because I've only been a member of the club for about a month um, and only recently upgraded to the highest tier. But she does um, like a little Zoom sketchbook club thing where they the top tier members get together and you can all draw together and they were so but she records them so that those of us who haven't taken part can actually watch them and um which was really nice because I got to see people sharing their you know whatever they were working on in their sketchbooks some of them they can choose to share them with the others or show them to the camera um but you don't have to. Uh, but it was interesting because people were sharing things that were, you know, this is where like you had wonky portraits and I had wonky houses because I noticed when I'm drawing the buildings and I'm trying to draw them quite quickly, they're not going to be perfect. Like, you know, and I don't want them to look like an architect's plan <laughs> or an architect's drawing. You know, I want them to have character. And I noticed that people would you know, they were drawing buildings and they weren't perfect, but they looked so full of character and charm and they were really interesting. Um, so seeing that, seeing other people showing work that they were going, oh, well, this bit went a bit wrong, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. And it actually gave me the confidence to go, you know what, I can share work that isn't perfect. This will, and And other people have now said to me, Thank you so much for sharing that because it makes me feel better about all of my stuff that isn't perfect and and all the experiments I do that that go wrong and so I think I think this is a really important thing people sharing all aspects of their practice not just the perfect finished um the paintings that you're happy with and the ones that go in your shop or go to a gallery and, and are sold but all of the stuff that leads up to that i think i think is so valuable because it really helped me to see people sharing stuff that wasn't perfect and i realized mine does not need to be perfect and i want to get away from this weird notion of perfect anyway because i think it's really holding me back like drawing or painting should be a really joyful thing and I think when you're striving for something and it's so tight and it's so exact it actually becomes really frustrating I found this and I know that I paint in quite a precise way and that's my style so I don't want to lose that completely but I think loosening it up a bit and seeing where that leads me can only be a good thing and it is important to like you say, when you have someone else there alongside you in that journey, that kind of feedback and help and support is really invaluable. Yeah, otherwise you end up with what I ended up with in part two video, which was a hot mess um, <laughs> and a very scary girl with fire eyes. I'm just saying that now. 
just in she, case. She, she, did, she did look a little bit like a zombie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I actually quite liked some of the techniques you used on that, even though it was not very loose. Um, there were some aspects of that piece that I liked, and Dominic did too, actually. Really? We were sitting here, yeah, we were saying, actually, we, we quite like this piece. Although, yeah, her eyes were really scary. You wouldn't want to meet her in a dark alley, would you? <laughs> well, it's funny, someone, someone did comment and say, oh it, it it was like it would be great for like a horror a horror story for a for a child because yeah. you kind of started off very kind of innocently and you didn't know it was going to end up that way <laughs> <laughs> so they were saying it's like got a creeping feel to it so I was like okay okay yes <laughs> <laughs> it yeah it definitely does <laughs> Yeah, it haunts you afterwards, but anyway. Yes, it's emblazoned onto my memory. (laughs) But that is definitely an example of where just trying to tighten too much, I think, and you're trying to control something too much, you don't let the art then lead you. You're kind of, you're trying to kind of control it yourself. And art should be, like you say, it should be fun. It should be something that gives you joy and you have to lose control sometimes to have that fun Mm. all right this has been really nice I've been it's been good to catch up in this way and also share I guess the projects that we've been doing and I just find it funny that we've both been doing projects that are out of our comfort zone and but at the same time we've been able to kind of grow through it and feel you know like we've got a little bit of a new lease of life with our practice as well yeah the importance of just sometimes taking the time out to do that as well rather than plowing on with the work you always make because it's been difficult for me to actually take the time out and allow myself you know knowing I'm not going to earn money from doing this you know it's actually the time I would have been working on things that would earn money but it's important it's important as part of your practice to take the time to do it and just have fun and play okay so episode two Natasha what are we going to be looking at well we're going to be looking at whether you should ever work for free brilliant thanks so much guys for listening to this episode thank you for tuning in to our new season we hope that you will enjoy this journey with us and enjoy this season series find us on youtube at creative catch-up or you can also find us over on instagram creative underscore catch-up until next episode stay positive stay creative <laughs>